On this show, they cover the biggest news stories, give their fact-based opinions, and interview many great people from all over the fruited plains. These stories and experiences are what make up the fabric of this great country. This isn't just any show. This is the Matt and Chan Show. Now, live from Fresno, California, here are your hosts, Matt and Chan. Hey guys, welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. We have a special edition of our show today. It's Matt in the morning. I'm going to give you a few stories to get your day going, and we're going to talk about mail-in voting today. So before we get into that, I just want to talk about what's going on in Fresno. Hot Fresno, got 109 degrees. And here in California, we have Death Valley. And it reached 130 degrees. It may be verified as one of the world's hottest temperatures since 1931. Incredible. We're in a heat wave here in California. It's incredibly hot. So make sure you do everything in the morning and stay inside during the afternoons it's pretty warm i decided to go out and play golf yesterday maybe not the best decision about 109 yesterday had a golf cart made it a little bit better but by the time i was halfway through hole number four i was i was already dying so speaking of all this hot weather how's your pool looking today's episode is brought to you by fancher creek pool services five star rating on google and 4.8 on home advisor you are getting the best service here in fresno and clovis Better call 601-6082, 559-601-6082, and you get the best service in the USA. So today is the start of the DNC convention. It's big news. We have the list of speakers right here, and it looks like Biden will be speaking at the beginning, but as usual with the DNC, you're going to have a lot of people speaking on his behalf. We're going to have a lot of people there and even some an, a Republican. We have a Republican speaking at the DNC this year. And it's kind of, kind of crazy to think. We have John Kasich. We have Bernie Sanders. We got Doug Jones. We got Glenn Moore. Gretchen Whitmer, very unpopular governor from Michigan. You have Jim Clyburn from South Carolina. You got Catherine Cortez from Nevada. Amy Klobuchar, she's going to be the first one of of the speakers, Amy Klobuchar. She was one of the first ones to drop out of the DNC primary, and she's getting a little bump up in the speaking list. Of course, you're going to hear from Barack Obama. You're going to hear from from Michelle Obama. You're going to hear from all the big names and kind of where the party's gone. It's, it's become the Socialist Party of America. You're going to see Chuck Schumer, good old Chucky crying Chuck Schumer. You're going to see Bill Clinton. You're going to see Jill Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, of course, Kamala Harris, and then Joe Biden, all at the DNC. And that starts tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And it's all going to be mainly, um, it's going to be prime time, of course. It's going to be online. And I know there's going to be various things with Zoom calls. I haven't looked too much into it yet, but I think it's going to be a hard watch. You're going to see a depiction of America that most Americans don't see, but you're starting to see with the chaos in these Democrat cities this election, like I've said on, on Friday's show, about how important this election is and, and, and what the implications are. It's, it's capitalism versus socialism, and it's going to be freedom versus tyranny. And, and a lot of people are saying, okay, well, why are people voting for Joe Biden? You're looking at Joe Biden. He's playing kind of the, the moderate, he can, he, that he plays both sides. But sadly to say, He's not moderate, and pretty much he's gone as far as the left as Bernie Sanders. 
He's adopted all of Bernie Sanders' uh, health care plans and just the way the, with the Green New Deal and Kamala Harris being one of the most radical of the senators. And this is your ticket, folks. And then you have on the other side, you have Donald Trump. And the main reason people are voting for Joe Biden isn't because of his policy. It's not because of his policy. When you look at, at Pew Research Center, they put out a recent thing, top reason for voting for Biden among his supporters, he's not Trump. That's the reason. So Trump in leadership performance, he ranks at 23% among voters. His issue policy, 21. He's not Biden, is 19. He is for the American people, 17%. Vote for Republican against Democrats, 16. Um, he tells it like it is. His personality, only 11% like his personality. Other 12 and then 13 refused. But then when we look at Joe Biden, and this is something that was taken between July 27th and August 2nd, um, and and this is just based on registered voters, open-ended questions asked to those who support or lean toward Trump or Biden. And we look at Biden's side, and the number one thing on his side is 56%. He is not Trump. That's it. And then it goes down leadership performance, 19, 13, and nothing else breaks 20 at that point. And we're looking at Donald Trump, you have more balanced. And people don't, I don't think, have an issue with Donald Trump's policy. They have more of an issue with his Twitter and the way he speaks and his character. And the thing is, when you're running a country like the United States, the greatest country that is and ever will be, and, and he's running it like a business. And I think we continue to look at Donald Trump as if he's a politician. He's not a politician, folks. He's not a politician. He's a businessman. And he's looking for the best interest of Americans. As you see on there, 17% of people say, hey, he's for the American people and he's for values. And it's very balanced. People like him for different reasons. And those are those, those singular reasons. And today, we're looking at polling. And I first thing I do is pop up on Twitter and see what's going on on Twitter, see what the, the left is uh, crying about today. And I go on Twitter, and I see trending right at the top, the CNN. And I was like, okay, so something CNN put out, people are not happy with it. They're not aligning with something. And then I look into it. Donald Trump was was closer in the polls than he ever has been in the in the past four months. And we're looking at it from a poll in early June. And two months ago, Biden had a 14-point lead. And this is this is interesting. We've seen a 10-point swing. And and people are kind of like, oh, well, Biden, Biden's overwhelmingly winning, winning in the polls. And and he's been for especially with COVID-19 and the response to COVID-19, which I got to say, the Democrats are trying to play that Donald Trump didn't respond fast enough and didn't respond. But in January, when he started closing borders to China and to and various European countries, people were, oh, my gosh, Trump. He's not, whoa, what, why? Why is Trump doing this? This is, what? Oh my gosh, he's racist. He's, he's this, he's a bigot. He, he doesn't care about Chinese people. He doesn't care about the European people. But he closed down the country amid all of that and, and stopped more spread of COVID-19. And Trump comes out and says it. He, he's out there and he goes, hey guys, there would have been more deaths if I didn't shut down the borders. And then you have Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco in late February when COVID-19 was already here and she's out there and, and asking people to come out to San Francisco to come out and come on, enjoy because 
they felt like people were 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 uh and and it was happening against chinese businesses but the thing is covid 19 was already rampant and they tried to blame trump on the response trump acted as quickly as possible and was the first one to actually act and people were calling, oh no trump trump didn't do it trump didn't respond quickly enough but that's an absolute lie because january he closed the borders january 30th so we're gonna see a depiction of the country a very dismal doom and gloom version of america tonight we're gonna see throughout this next four days what their vision is for america and what they want to see with these enacting these socialist policies and it's going to be really interesting. And we see people like Bernie Sanders, Michelle Obama, uh, Barack Obama, and like I said, John Kasich. Wow, Republican speaking at the DNC. Oh my gosh, John Kasich. Not surprised whatsoever. And so we're looking into the support for Donald Trump. He's, he's now only down by four percentage points in the polls, according to CNN. And CNN, again, polling... Most Republicans don't poll as it is, and polling, as we saw in 2016, not very good. We see the polls, and you look into the polls, but I see Donald Trump gaining massive support. I, th- I think like we when we talk about silent majority, the silent majority is there. But I think when people, when you have to look at the likeliness of voters and we see how much the personality affects the vote, I think it's going to be an interesting 50 days till till ballots go out and uh, 79 days till election day. And like I said, this is going to be, we say it every election cycle, this, is, this election has consequences, and this election is, is really going to determine the fate of our country. So, um, yeah, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about Robert Trump's passing and, and just the way that the media has covered it and the way that people on Twitter responded to it over the weekend is quite remarkable. And it it's heartbreaking to see when when you see somebody in your family pass away. And we see our president who's worked tirelessly to help save America, get the economy going again, and really just working his butt off from day one. This man has done so much for this country. And and then we see Robert Trump pass away. And the first thing I do is I go on Twitter. Okay, let's see what the response is going to be. And, pe- and the, tra- the hashtag trending was wrong Trump. Wrong Trump. We've gotten to a point in our country where people wish death on our president. And I'm not saying, and the thing is with Twitter, we got to make sure we don't mistake it. Twitter's not the real life, everybody. Twitter's not real life. We go on there and we go, oh my gosh. And if, and if you're, especially if you're conservative, oh my gosh, the liberal media, everything's liberal media now. Everything's leftist pretty much. Like 95% of it is leftist media. Let's just be honest. CNN, CNBC, and you have guys like Brian Stelter coming out and going, oh, there's no bias against Donald Trump in the media. It's only about, only the right wing uh, on the, on the radio that's so against uh, Biden. They're just Biden bashing. But again, it's, they, they treat Biden as this untouchable figure and he's not. And he's got a record to run on, and and we've seen it, especially with the 94 crime bill. We've seen some of the remarks he's made, and he's suffering from dementia, and the media is not covering that. And you see it in the way they run their campaign, and we see it in the polling. People aren't voting for Joe Biden because wow, Joe Biden's this great pick, and Joe Biden's going to bring peace and harmony to our country, and he's going to change America for the better. And the policies aren't going to do that, 
and Joe Biden's not going to do it himself. And we'll be lucky if we even see four months from President uh, President Biden. So back to Robert, and I just wanted to just talk about it a little bit. And the statement that Trump put out, and this is this is from the White House officially, it is with a heavy heart I share my wonderful brother Robert peacefully passed away tonight. He's not just my brother, he was my best friend. He will be greatly missed, but we will meet again. His memory will live on in my heart forever. Robert, I love you. Rest in peace. And I just want to want to have a moment of silence shortly for Robert. So in in what we see is with Robert Trump, we saw that the headlines the headlines say it all. And people, even the Washington Post, they couldn't resist using this to bash Trump once more or the Trump family. And the headline goes, Robert Trump, younger brother of president who filed lawsuit against Nice, dies at 71. So they had to throw in, okay, there we go. And with, with Mary Trump and the supposed tell-all book. Okay, all right, right for the election. Perfect timing. Okay, so... That's what I got on Robert Trump this morning. I just had to talk about it. We looked on Twitter and we looked at what we saw and the, the wrong Trump and just some of the mean things that people were saying. It was incredible to see how how quickly were people were to bash the president, even losing his brother. It literally every everything Trump says or anything that happens to Trump is a magnifying glass and it's going to get attacked every single time. So the big news of the week so far has been mail-in voting. And even Donald Trump is coming out, and, and we're going to go look back at... So ABC News, when they were interviewing Dr. Fauci, and this is Deborah Roberts, and they, they asked, okay, how do, you, how do you feel about voting? How about people heading to the polls, especially with COVID-19 going around? And this is a statement from him, and he says... I think if carefully done according to the guidelines, there's no reason that I can see why that not be the case. Uh, he said, mitigation measures such as wearing a mask, keeping six feet apart should be observed, even at the polls. And and people are now talking about President Trump trying to stop the election, that he's trying to stop people from voting, that people are taking away the mailboxes. That's not it, folks. And during the Obama administration, we saw 14,000 USPS uh, USPS mailboxes taken taken away, and they're changed for maintenance. It's not this conspiracy. Taylor Swift was jumping in. The all-knowing Taylor Swift, okay, is telling us that Trump's trying to steal the election, and this is the big thing. And and we're seeing even with Fauci, he's all, hey, we can we can vote this this November. I don't think we have any issue with it. But the thing is, they're calling for universal mail-in voting, and. This is this is an interesting thing because I think a lot of people don't understand the difference between mail-in voting and the absentee voting. So absentee voting is something that you request when you can't go to the polls and maybe you live outside the state and you need to make sure you're voting still, but you can't be there presently, but you can mail it in absentee style. And you have to apply for that and there's a process for that. But mail-in voting goes off voter logs and they're sent to every household, even if you didn't even request a ballot. And this is dangerous. And we see things with ballot harvesting, especially here in California. I'll get into that in a moment. And Biden's coming out and saying, they're going around literally with tractors picking up mailboxes. And you ought to go online and check it out. They're doing it in Oregon. I mean, it's bizarre. And they're going to continue to run this through the election. And that is Nancy Pelosi's calling 
calling Congress back to see if they can get in the House to get something done to get aid to the post office. But I just want to like get into it a little bit about about USPS and, and give you some facts about the USPS. USPS. Um, and it's not it's not as crazy as you as you think it would be. And so these are some things, Pew Research Center. So the last year that the post office made profit was in 2006. And it had $83.1 billion as of March 31st this year. Um, so it has not been making profit. And also, the Postal Service also owes $59 million in required but unpaid contributions to its employees' pension and retiree health funds. So there's more money that they owe. And it's because people are not sending as much mail as they have in the past, and there's a lot more competition in the market. Now, this is a big lie that people have been coming to, and this is an article from Medium with Nick Harper, talking about what, why we have to, we have to fund this post, the post office that we're supposed to by Congress. But actually, it doesn't. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7 of the Constitution gives cons- the Congress the power to establish post offices and post roads. But it never talks about that Congress is to act and give money. And it has the ability to create, but it doesn't have the authority and it has to, or it doesn't necessarily have the, it doesn't have to pay for the post office. And I think that's one of the big lies that we see on social media. So that one's debunked. That is, it's in our constitution they can establish, but it doesn't ever any, anywhere say that we have to fund the post office. And pretty much the USPS has been almost exclusively self-funded since 1971. Now, it might get some stuff for public service costs and revenue foregone, but very little. But with COVID-19, we've seen that it's been hit. And But the thing is, to this point, it's pretty much been self-sustaining. But since it's an election year, and Democrats see this as the best best case for them to win an election... They talk about Trump trying to steal the election, but le- listen, you have to look at the headlines. The headlines tell you everything. If you look at the headlines and they try to accuse Republicans of doing it, it's what they're doing. It's what they're doing every single day. And and what we see is that even even with all the things going on, that mail-in voting that people are trying to, oh, he's trying to steal the election. And, and Trump, I was even surprised that he even brought it up because the second he brought it up, now everybody's talking that he's... He's uh, he's shooting himself in the foot, as Ben Shapiro said, because he's like, okay, why are we talking about the USPS? And now all of a sudden, it's this nationwide topic about Trump trying to steal the election. And so I wanted to talk about some of the facts on voting fraud. We don't talk about it enough. So in the United States, there are 244 counties that have people that are eligible to vote. And then 29 states have uh, counties with more registered than legal citizens. And eight states have more registered voters than the actual voting age. So look at these statistics. We're already looking at voter voter rolls. And the thing is with these voter rolls is we're going to be sending mail-in ballots to every single one of these people. Even if they're underage, they're not citizens, or they're, they're just getting extra ballots sent to their house. And according to a, a survey that they did with the Pew Research Center, is they talked about that 24 million voter registration in the United States are invalid or significantly inaccurate. And so um, so exactly one in every 
uh, voter registration in the United States are no longer valid. So, yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty big number when we're talking about an election, and we're talking about fair elections here, and we're talking about every vote counts. But when votes are missing and and people are getting ballots or aren't supposed to be getting ballots, and we've seen dogs get ballots, we've seen that now they're not even alive anymore and even a dog getting a ballot why is a dog getting a ballot in the mail as we've seen here in the past few months for some of the primary stuff and then there's an additional 1.8 million deceased individuals that are listed as voters so those ballots will get sent out as well and then 2.75 million have registrations in more than one state i'm going to make sure to drop this in the show notes so you guys can check it out for yourselves because this is important when we have absentee voting, there at least there's an accountability factor we know, and I do absentee. I've always done absentee since ever since I registered, and when I voted when I became 18 for the first time. And I, I did it because, okay, I have the ability to take it home, but the thing is I'd always take it down to the polling place the day of. So i do it early in the day, so i make sure my vote get, got counted and I saw it go into the office. So that's an important thing, and I think most Americans, I think if we can go to Costco, and social distance if we can go to home depot i think people can go to a polling place we can do it outside we can have machines set up we can have everything outside and just do a big voting thing because i don't think we should be deciding our presidential election through universal vote by mail and i don't want to see another as we saw with the 2000 election we saw it went on to december 15th i believe so that's what we're going to look like in this election. We might see it be months because there's going to be ballots still coming in, ballots hidden, ballots lost, all these ballots that we're not going to be able to keep track of. It's really important to look at that. And one of the biggest offenders of having one of the most voter rolls, at least the worst voter rolls, is L.A. So we're looking at L.A. Um, and it's California's worst offender by far. And... 10 of the state's 58 counties have registration exceeding 100% of the voting age population. So, and in fact, the voter registration rate for the entire state of California is 101%. So, what's going on here? And we're seeing with all these these ballots, they're, they're going missing or they're not counting. And we got to make sure that these, these voter rolls are cleaned up and we got to make sure that that we need, I I believe solely that we need voter ID. You need an ID for almost everything. And we don't have it for voting. And we're talking about fair elections. Why wouldn't we have voter ID? And this idea that people won't be able to get voter ID. If people can go get a driver's license, I think people can get voter ID. You can even tie it in with the driver's license. We have real ID to get on airplanes. We have to, you have to get it to drink. You have to get it to do, uh, to conceal carry. You have to have all these different things to, to, with an ID but not voting. Why is that? And it's because the Democrats, as we always talk about, it's power. The thing is, when there's no checks, it means that, well, like with the mail-in voting, we're going to have votes go missing. We're going to have votes that don't count because of the system. But voter ID, it's not the perfect solution, but it'll help in the long run with our elections and getting more people to see, we're going to see more consistent results. We're not going to be wondering, okay, what, how are we, why are all these votes coming in from people that have passed away 10, 20, 30 years ago? People that are 200 years old voting. Why is that? So it's, we need to have some account, accountability factor. So as we saw in California, they were the first state to pass ballot solicitation. So we're talking ballot harvesting. 
So if you don't know what ballot harvesting is, it's where they have a third party, usually people that work on campaigns and for a specific candidate, will go out on election day or around election day and they will go pick up ballots. And these are third party ballots. So people are going to your door, they're knocking on your door. And what we saw in 2018 is we saw some big results. I'll get to that in a second. But ballot harvesting, we're seeing people, people's votes go missing. And this can be Republicans and Democrats. People can be destroying ballots, ballots can go missing. And we're wondering, okay, where are these, where are these votes going? Ballot harvesting in California had great results for the Democrats. We saw TJ Cox Valadeo as the biggest one. We saw Valadeo with 5,000 vote lead. 5,000 5, vote lead, folks. It's, it's mind-boggling. And then all of a sudden, late in the race, wow, this is a big percentage of votes here. Third, So these third-party harvesters come in, and then all of a sudden, TJ Cox is winning by 862 votes, and that's it. That's the race. Valadeo loses a seat that had been conservative for many years. And TJ Cox, who's now had different tax issues, and he's been screwing over the taxpayers here in in the in the Valley. And all of a sudden, Valadeo's out. He's running again for re-election. And we'll be talking about that tomorrow. We're going to talk about what's coming up on the ballot this year. What are some local races? How you can get involved in the local election? Because it's very important. A lot of people don't realize is that the president, yes, the president has impact on the way the country's run, but ultimately what's going to affect you is local and state politics. Why your gas prices are higher. Why are you getting more money taken out of your paycheck each month from, from California? So I just we're going to be talking about that later this week. And the biggest example, so okay, TJ Cox validated. Okay, big comeback, it happens. TJ Cox gets elected. But the biggest thing of it all was Orange County. This had been pretty much a Republican stronghold for pretty much decades. And what we saw in 2018 is we saw every every seat flipped, congressional seat in Orange County flipped Democrat. And this is the first year ballot harvesting was allowed in California. Huh? Coincidence? I don't think so. And I just want to bring it back to more something back to back to Fresno is we've seen, even Jim Patterson stated, the problems with motor voter has risen to such a degree that there's a bipartisan effort in this. So we're talking about the motor voters of when people, and during the 90s, when they allowed people to register at the DMV to vote. So they added another thing. But we already know the DMV, as it is, it's another government entity, and we've seen, nobody likes going to the DMV. You know you're going to be a long time there. Sometimes you're there for five hours. Sometimes you're there for maybe 20 minutes. Who knows? You just It's a coin flip every time you go. I've known my brother to be there for nine, ten hours at a time. It's incredible. But then last year they did an audit, and they found out, and I'm going to put this in the show notes as well, 23,000 drivers and uh, were they had voter registration information uh, mishandled, and they double registered as many as 77,000 other people. And Jim Patterson came out and said, I believe it. There was probably about 500 plus Californians that may not have been able to vote in November because the DMV did not send their information to the Secretary of State's office in time. And this, and we're talking about voter suppression. We're talking about people not being able to vote. If Democrats really want to talk about that, let's talk about this. Let's talk about all these, all these ballots. What about these double registering voters? What about people that go in to vote in other states that we've seen? And all of a sudden, they're Democrat. And I've heard stories about people 
that they go into the polling place and they're a registered Republican and they go in and they're voting for the primary. And this was this was about a month and a half, two months ago when I saw this. And this lady goes in and all of a sudden she's Democrat. She's all, I'm not Democrat. Well, you got to go down and change your affiliation. And then some other lady was having an issue down the line and saying, well, I'm Republican. Why can't I vote? And they're like, today you can only vote Democrat. So stuff like this happens. I've heard stories. I've, I've heard people's finding ballots in places that they weren't supposed to be in closets, ballots thrown away, ballots go missing. We need voter ID. We need accountability in our elections. And there's ways that you can get involved to make sure that our elections continue to be free and fair elections. And it's, it's hitting here in Fresno. We see it in California and, and we're going to see it on November 3rd, hopefully. If the election might go as well into next year, depending on if we do universal voting or not. Hopefully we don't. But to close, I just want to make sure to talk about what we're going to be doing here in the next few days. I'm going to have Michael Johns on the show Wednesday. Big news. Chandler will be back in the studio. And it's going to be a cool one. Uh, Michael Johns, he is the former co-founder of the Tea Party. It'll be fun to interview. Make sure you drop your questions or send me questions if you have anything about them. He also was a speechwriter for George W. Bush. So I can't wait to interview him and hear some of the stories about the Tea Party movement, his experience in the Bush White House, and some other stuff about him. So that's what we got going on Wednesday. Tomorrow, I want to address the local and statewide voting measures and give a perspective on what we're actually voting for in less than 50 days. So uh, make sure to guys um, to go like and subscribe to The Matt Chan Show. And just go check out our content. We have Kurt Schilling on in our past episodes. We have Maga Hulk who came on a few weeks ago. We have a lot of great people. We have a lot more coming up the pipeline. So make sure to like and subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. And have a great day, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed Matt in the morning. I'm checking my vitals, I'm drawing my battle lines, going to war again. Feeling the rhythm inside of my chest. All I need is just a pen. I know I was I know I was born for this Don't care for the critics, my words and life physics are force that they can't stop They just don't get it, I think they forget I'm not done till I'm on top I know I was born for this I know